Perfect. We're already talking about sports. So we're going to bullshit for a few minutes, not a few minutes, a few seconds. And then I'm going to introduce the podcast. Sounds uh, good. So that works. All right. So here we go. Welcome to I Know the Owner, a podcast where bar people talk bar stuff. I am your host and owner, Charlene Wellington, and I'm here with my old friend um, from Magnetic Fields, from Hank Saloon, from Brooklyn, uh, Lee Greenfeld. Hey, Lee, how's it going? Good, good to see you. You too. Nice to be sitting in an actual bar. It is. Um, I feel like this is the best part of it, is that even though the bar's not open, we get like a one. We're, we get to sit in the bar one on one, so it's kind of fun. So uh, yeah, that's what we're doing. Well, don't don't be listening, Cuomo. Yeah, yeah, we're closed. We're closed. Nobody's here. We got our masks on. We got we got spray. We're filling out the bathroom log. Leave us alone, <laughs> please. I can't. I can't with with his whims. Yes. <laughs> yes. Makes me glad that I'm no longer in the business. Yes. Um. Let's see. I usually like to go chronologically, but you've been doing some interesting stuff um, during COVID, right? You started like a, is it a t-shirt business? So, well, I started uh, an Instagram account. I've always been an archivist for Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. So I've been collecting Brooklyn photos, both my own families and just in general Mm -hmm. and historical stuff for years. I've I've always been amazed at how, now I'm making a mess. I've always been amazed at how you have just so many photos from like the 70s and the 80s when nobody walked around with a camera. Yeah, I had a camera when I was young. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even remember how I got it. If I, I don't think I stole it, but <laughs> I, I, don't, I had a camera young, so I did take a lot of photos when me and my friends mm-hmm. were up to no good, you know, mm-hmm. street corners, writing graffiti, whatever. Um, so yeah, I luckily do have a lot of photos from that. But anyway, so yeah, I started posting photos to Instagram, mm-hmm. mostly like old historical photos. I call it, it's Brooklynese. Uh, Z-E-E-E-Z-E an Instagram and then it kind of started blowing up more and more so I made a shirt with the artwork that I had come Mm -hmm. up with and my friend Adam Suerte uh, reconfigured for me Trying to make a little I've money. Met Adam a few I times. think you have. And yeah. he's uh he's been doing some cool masks too. He's been, been doing masks. He's got around. Brooklyn Love, he's got a whole line of stuff. Mm-hmm. He's doing great stuff. I mean we all have to reconfigure and uh hustle. Yes. So I yes. made the shirts as a little hustle to try and make some dough. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot, it's something, but they sold pretty <laughs> well. Did a second run. So yeah, I've been trying to do that. Um and that's all the income I've made in the last yeah. <laughs> year. Yeah, I mean, Hinterland's business has been like 70% t-shirts. Yeah. And so, I mean, thank, thank you all for buying t-shirts. We really appreciate it because that is like what's keeping the lights on is no the t-shirt t- sales. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, like people real support. I mean, I had a lot of – it was cool selling when I put the shirts mm-hmm. up because – You'd get like people I knew, obviously buying yes. them and tr- supporting me, and they and I think it's a great t shirt. But also getting orders from all over was mm-hmm. really it was really nice. But just got to hustle and yeah, try and do something. You've been you've been hustling for a while. How'd you get it? Look, my, at, my look I made life. a good segue. How'd you get <laughs> How'd you get into this business? Uh, let me think. So, you know, I started drinking on the streets like every Brooklyn kid. Uh-huh. 
And started drinking. Well, no, actually, I mean, drinking bar is pretty young in Brooklyn. We did. I th- it's kind of crazy that we never remember crossing paths because we're we're pretty close in age. Yeah. We grew up similar neighborhoods. We probably grew up with a lot of the, the same people, but we, I don't remember ever meeting you like, you know, when we were younger. No, but, I know. I know it's really weird, but yeah. yeah and so drinking in bars in Brooklyn, underage. Yeah. I mean, I think the first I drank in this bar, I could say the name because it's long gone. The International Bar. On oh. Atlantic Avenue. Yes, I remember that bar. Which was on where near, near Sahadi. Uh-huh. I think I had a beer in there when I was thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, yeah. And they didn't care. And then then Brooklyn mm-hmm. stopped, and you go to the city to drink yes. bars. Yes. And then the Robert Chambers thing happened. Was it you, the Robert Chambers thing? And then that? you couldn't drink in bars at all. Ah, underage, I didn't know much. what what like was the that was, was the thing. Rob, when Robert but, Chambers killed Jennifer Levin, uh huh, and they were underage, that kind of changed everything oh. in New York. Yeah, which okay. would have been, oh, I don't know, mid eighties. Yeah, because the first bar I drank a beer in was actually Mooney's. Oh, believe amazing. it or not, um, which later became Charlene's, and then that was when I was in you know this side of Brooklyn. But my father lived in Sheepshead Bay, so there was the Sheepshead Bay bar that we would drink in. It was called G and G, and it was on uh, Neck Road and uh, 16th Street, and it was the record store in um, Oh man, what's the name of the movie? A Bronx Tale. Oh, all right. Um, and they didn't seem to care that we were, you know, like seven. No, we weren't seven, yeah. but we were like 14, 15. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, so, yeah, I think the next bar, I, I, was a, I was a regular in a bar in the city called Cardi's. Mm, I, was a, I, I started it. going there in high school. It was right around the corner from the police academy, which is hysterical because we were all underage drinking in there, and it's all like cops. <laughs> and I celebrated my 21st birthday in there, and the bartender was like, oh, how old are you? It's your birthday. And I was like, I'm 21. Oops. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, um, I started bartending a while later. I did a magazine. I published. I was in publishing for a long time and in music. What was your first, first job before bartending? My first? Like as a kid? Uh I had a job for one day handing out <laughs> flyers on roller skates. That was pretty much the worst job in the world. Where? In Brooklyn. And it was a sports store in Brooklyn Heights. Okay. And you're hand, handing out flyers on roller skates. I, I couldn't roller skate and was the worst <laughs> job. And plus, you know, you just get herbed by your friends for handing out flyers. Yeah. So that Did you say herbed? Yeah. <laughs> and then, I, I just have to say, I hate that expression because it's my dad's name. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> so I love your dad, too. No offense. <laughs> no offense, Herb. Um, I had a job handing out flyers on um, 8th Street in front of a store that did airbrushing on jackets called uh, T-Rex. It okay. was like upstairs. Yeah, near a psychedelic sold, solution, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they sold like, you can get a, a leather jacket airbrushed or you can get these like really ugly shoes. And it was freezing and I was supposed to like yell at people to take the flyer and come to T-Rex. Yeah. And um, it was freezing cold and I always wore like shorts and tights even though it was February and there was snow in the ground and like little sneakers. And, and I was freezing and I made like $20 a day. Oh, yeah, when, I, think, I think I lasted one one yeah, day doing that. Yeah, one day they took pity on me and let me come in and dust the shoes because it was so cold <laughs> out. But it, yeah, that was bad. So that was your first job I think, on well, roller skates. Well, I mean, in my the first, street. I, mean, I wouldn't even really call that my first job. It's just kind of my first, like the first job that I like held. Mm-hmm. I worked. I had a, a litany of weird jobs. I worked in a game arcade that was mm-hmm. on Long Island and Fire Island. Okay. I worked in a perfume store when I was in high school. A high-end perfume wow. store on Madison Avenue. 
when you I get was, that job? I was dating the girl whose mom ran okay. the store, and that was when I was like a total hoodlum. So uh-huh. it was pretty funny working in like a super high end where you had to be buzzed in. But it was probably cool, like, cool that they hired like a, no, a they, street they, tough. No, they put me in the basement. <laughs> oh, I did okay. shipping in the basement. They kept me out of out of view. I worked <laughs> in a stationery store up up there also in that area. That was horrible job, like doing deliveries and stocking. Mm-hmm. Um, those were pretty funny, terrible job. Well, the, the perfume store was cool, except you'd go back to Brooklyn at night, and I thought uh-huh. I was like this tough kid, and I'd be reeking like vanilla <laughs> and I'd, or lavender, and I'd be taking a train to Lexington back to Brooklyn and like reeking. Um, so yeah, those were my first jobs, and then and then I was doing and then I was doing publishing and working in, in music and, mm-hmm. and magazines. I published a magazine for ten years called Sound Views, and then I started bartending. In the late 90s, maybe 98, okay. 97, 98, or 99, somewhere around there. Gotcha. It was a local bar that I was a regular at, and I was friendly with the, the guy who ran it because he was a big fan of my magazine. And then one day he was like, you should bartend, and I'd never uh-huh. really even thought about it. Was that in Brooklyn? Yeah, at Henry Street Ale House, which oh, is still okay. there. Yes. It was called the Park Slope Ale House then because they were a brewery. Okay. It was the Park Slope Brewery. They had some convoluted name because they owned the Park Slope Brewery. Okay. And they had the Park Slope Ale House and the Henry Street Ale House. Uh-huh. So when I was working there, it was still a brewery. And uh, so I started bartending there. Okay. Um, which is a weird way to start because it's a bar restaurant. So mm-hmm. it was like really intensive service. Yeah. Because you're, it was like an 18-seat bar with a kitchen. So you're serving food and the bar and you're doing the service for the entire restaurant. It's just one bartender. Nice. So it's kind of a good way to get thrown in because yeah, after yeah. you do that, you can handle any... And they feed you. And they feed you, which is great. And <laughs> That's food, a good job to get. And the food was great. The kitchen yeah. guys were awesome. Um, I visited you there at least once. Yeah, you did. Yeah. yeah. For sure. So I worked there. So that was my start. And I was working there for a couple of years. And then I met uh, my future partners at Magnetic Field. Mm-hmm. And they brought me on board to do to work there and mm-hmm. kind of help them with the bar and book the music and then I became an owner there. I bought You it. became an owner after? Yeah, I, would, I didn't open oh, it with those guys. Okay. I, I got involved, I don't even know how many months, so 2002, so six months into the place uh-huh. being open. I'm, I can't remember exactly. And what was that like? By owning a bar? Yeah. Well, you know that. <laughs> I mean, you know. I, I want you to say it. <laughs> I mean, I mean it's, it's, it's great and it's incredibly mm-hmm. difficult. I mean, in the beginning, it was super exciting, you know. Um, there was three of us as partners, but it's a lot of work. And mm-hmm. I was doing all the booking and the entertainment because we were a music venue yeah, also. Yeah. Um, so it was weird. You know, I have like, I can look back now and I have all the fond memories mm-hmm. and forget about all the, the grief. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was a lot of work because towards the end, it was just, it was mostly just the two of two of us, two owners mm-hmm. doing everything. And um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was great. It was, I mean, the place was great because we really were like a, our regulars were like a family, like most yeah. any good bars. Yeah. You yeah. know, your regulars are everything. Yeah. So we were like a big living room for people. Yeah, like, like a big, disgusting, incestuous. Yes. Like fighting family. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But, like, but I was also bartending there because, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't making money as mm-hmm. most owners. Yeah. Everyone thinks yeah. like, oh, you own a bar. You're just making dough. And it's like, I no, know. no, I'm behind the bar for a reason. You know? I know. I had these fantasies of, because I always worked for these old guys that like would come in and sit down and like, you know, all the women that worked there, like, knew their drink and knew how they took their coffee and would, like, like help clean their apartments because they were, like, so bad at life. And I always worked for guys like that. And then, like, I never got to be that guy. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to be the guy <laughs> sitting sitting in the corner 
And, you know, like, like my bartenders don't know how I take my coffee. <laughs> Some of them do now. Some of them do now. Um, but, you know, that, that sounded beautiful. Yeah. And then, like, they always would, like, sometimes take everybody to Vegas or something like that. And I'm like, I don't have take everybody to Vegas money. Yeah. And when does that happen? Well, I, well you know, <laughs> funny you say that because when we had Magnetic Field, I won't say the distributor name, but mm-hmm. we did talk a distributor into getting – Getting me and one of my partners a trip to to Vegas, you know, an agreement to carry certain beers, Mm -hmm. blah, 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 all that under the table. That's my problem. I hate salesmen. Oh, yeah. But, but, (laughs) hey, to go to Vegas, you know. Yeah, yeah. We went to the bar show in Vegas, which was absurd because we didn't care. We were Mm -hmm. like, you know, we're a dive rock and roll bar. We're not going to go and, like, you know, sample the the high-end stuff for our bar. Yeah. Like, we weren't doing any research. Mm -hmm. So it was fun. But, uh I mean, I, yeah, I look back with a lot of fond memories, but then, you know, if you think deeply on those days, I mean, I remember, you know, the basement flooding and getting, like, my Doc Martens uh, I had for yes. 15 years that I loved filled with, like, like oh, people's yes. poop and tampons on yes. my pants. And I mean, I feel like every single bar owner knows the dread of seeing a tampon float across your basement floor. Yeah, um, or toilet or like, paper. Or, like, yeah, yes, <laughs> or a poop. Oh, and- <laughs> actually, you know what was funny? When it happened to us... Our drop safe was in the basement, mm-hmm. bolted to the floor, which seemed logical. But then when you have a flood and the whole floor backed up, so uh-huh. we had a, a safe filled with poop money. It was like mm-hmm. five days' worth of drops oh, that were just God. covered in, like, you poop. know, shit and whatever. And we had to, like, lay it all out to dry. So, like, oh. those aren't things you look back yeah. at, like, that fondly, yes. you know? I remember, I remember the first time that the pipe backed up in the basement of Charlene's and I had a regular that was wonderful and he was and he used to drink at Mooney's. He actually used to work at Mooney's and he was like, I got this. And he like went downstairs and he took the shop vac and he vacuumed up all of, and there were literally like floating poops. Yeah. And he vacuumed it all up with the shop vac. Then he threw up on the floor <laughs> and then vacuumed that up with the shop vac. <laughs> Um, and yeah, um, that I, I have a technique for when things get really disgusting and it's just that I stand there and cry until someone does it for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I worked for you for a minute. That's jumping ahead, but I don't remember you doing that to me. No, I don't think I did that to you. We worked together. We worked, we had like a Friday night shift. Yeah. 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 That was all. Well, that's jumping ahead. But yeah, like after Magnetic Field closed, I bartended a bunch of spots. But you bartended in one place and then you became an owner. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I bar- before, I, well, I should say my first bartending gig ever was when I was like 13 oh, at an wow. art party in Soho oh, okay. for friends' parents. <laughs> and it's a funny story. That was my, mm-hmm. my best friend, Teo. I give a shout out to, uh, he got me to do it. His parents were like big in the art scene in Soho. Mm-hmm. And, and years later, he told me, so we did this thing. And this artist there had given me a napkin and he mm-hmm. drew on it for me and he gave it to me. And one day he was like, do you still have that like 20 years, 30 years later? And I was uh-huh. like, no, I, I, I don't know what the hell happened. He's like, oh, that was Christo. Oh, snap. <laughs> I was like, whoops. <laughs> Damn <laughs> so it. That, that was my first bartending gig. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I bartended at, at the Owl House for, what, 98 to 2002 and then went to Magnetic Field. Yeah. Wow. And then Magnetic Field was open for how long? Until uh, 2008. Okay. And then you went to... I bartended Saint- at Floyd for a minute. Yes. I bartended... I like Floyd. 
Where else did I bartend? Uh, sample. Sample. That's for, where I met you. Yeah. And then from Sample, I bartended for you. Was there anywhere yeah. else I'm missing? I don't know. There might be somewhere I'm missing, but so I went from Floyd, I bartended for a minute, which was crazy. It was like nights. I was totally different than either Magnetic Field or uh, Henry Street because it was like Henry Street was like a restaurant and mm-hmm. it was a lot of like yuppies. Mm-hmm. But they had money and they're just, you know, they're like, whatever. Yeah. You know, you could just tell them to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, Floyd was, like, horrible uh-huh. customer. Like, the end of the night was great, all the real regulars, but they uh-huh. wouldn't come till 2 in the morning. The regular customers were all these, like, college kids. Oh, because New York bocce. Law School. Yeah, and bocce. And, yes. like, and it was it was terrible. But the first night I worked there, I was like, this is the worst. Like, no one's tipping. But then I had never worked in, a, like, super high volume. Mm-hmm. And then the night, I, I was like, I'm never doing this again. And then I counted my tips. And I was like, oh, wait a second. Like, okay. that's all right. I just, I, I guess I could just work until 2 in the morning hating everyone. And then the good people come in. But I wouldn't leave that job till 5.30 in the morning. So it was yeah. pretty rough. I have a little bit of a philosophy about games in a bar like bocce and pool tables, and I feel like it brings people to the bar that are not necessarily there to, like, meet each other and be cool and for the vibe. Um, so I, I'm i not a big fan of having, like, pool tables or Yeah, we games. had a pool table at, at the Magnetic Field, but it was we'd have to move it for the shows, which was a total pain. And it's also like, here's a weapon. Well, yeah. Here's that a was, weapon. Here's a free weapon. We had fights have, over the pool table. Yeah. yeah, so we got rid of it. So then I went from Floyd to Sample. Mm-hmm. I worked at Sample for I don't know how long. And then I guess from Sample it was to you. Yeah. It was Charlene's. Yeah. And then from Charlene's I went to Brazen Head. Yes. Where I mostly was, a, I was brought in as a manager, but I mm-hmm. also bartended because it would get really busy. Speaking of horrible students. <laughs> yes, that was. Hey, Brooklyn Law Kids, Brooklyn I hope you got kids. better because you were the worst customers on the planet. I don't think they planet. got better. Oh, my God. Because I, I feel like I've been hearing stories about Brooklyn Law for like four years, for, yeah, yeah, like as as bad customers for yeah. a long time. They were time. they were awful. I mean, it was like <laughs> those were the customers. I remember, and what, the one cool thing about Brazen was kind of like you know like we kind of like the, all the the staff was was good crew when we worked there. And some people I knew for a really long time, and like we just like have to put them in check. But they would just mm-hmm. be mob you. It would just be like. It was literally like a clown car opening up. They would just come. They would book parties. Be like, oh, it would be 30 people, and then 150 people would show mm-hmm. up. But I they forgot w- to put my phone on silent. Oh, Sorry. What, are we, uh, what, a, what if what this a, was a movie? I know. I would be thrown out if we were at the uh, Alamo Draft House. <laughs> but not at Court Street. No, not at Court Street. No, Court Street would be fine. Embraced. <laughs> but, uh, I could order seamless at Like Court they would Street. raise their hands and like wave their hands at you. So I would oh. just like high five them and just walk away and like, not serve <laughs> them. And I'm like, That's a good. And I'd also do that thing. It was kind of like if you were like in central booking, not that I would know about this, but like if you're, if you're a prick. <laughs> And they got the uh-huh. list of who's going to get to see the judge. And someone, uh-huh. like, you're going to the bottom of the list if you're being a pain in the ass. Yes. So I would do that same, apply that to the people at Brazen. Like, so you kid, read a book about central booking? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like the people would, uh, you know, like start waving their hands at me and stuff. And there's like 20 people waiting for a drink. They might have been next, but the second they wave their hand at me, they're going to the yes. back of the list. Yes. I mean, I guess most bartenders do that. but um, you, They go to the back of the list or, the, yeah, they get like, hi, and then yeah. they walk away. Yeah. And um, so, you know, don't do that. Don't wave at your bartender. No, never <laughs> wave at your bartender. Never wave money. And also, don't do that thing. The, the other thing they were the worst at, they'd come up with an order, and it would be, like, for 10 people, and they would tell you one drink at a time. It's like, yes. tell me. I'll tell, tell you. Tell me all of them. I'll tell, me, I'll tell you when you mm-hmm. need to stop if I can't remember them. Just tell me. Or 
they wave at you or they, they stare you down because if they wave at you, you might put them, the, but they stare you down like they know what they're having and you walk over and then they turn to their friends and they're like, okay, what are you having? Oh, uh, yeah. And I'm like, ah! Yeah. Well, there I would just, you know, I would just walk away. I would walk away. Yeah. They would turn back around and they would be like, oh, where'd you yeah. go? We were just too busy <laughs> to like wait on anyone for a second. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah, I, so I was there for that. I had fun there, but like, yeah, that's like where it tries your... It's When's the, the last time you complained about a customer, Lee? Doesn't uh, that feel good? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean that's the thing. Like, you know, Henry Street was like, there's definitely people to complain about it. But it, like I said, it was mostly like kind of a yuppie bar. It was a great mm-hmm. gig. I'm, and I had a lot of great regulars there, really good people who I never would have known in other ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't that bad. You know, there'd be those things. But like once I got to Floyd and, and Brazenhead, like mm-hmm. both great bars, by the way, but you had some customers that just made you want to like. Yeah. I mean, yeah. any bar is like that. Yeah. You know? There's, like, the fun people that make up for the rough people. Yeah. I yeah. mean, Sample was pretty mellow. You know, you just had people who, pre- like, pretended they were, you know, smarter about wine than they really were, which mm-hmm. was really irritating. Mm-hmm. You know, wanting to taste everything. And Sample had a bar cat, which made me happy. <laughs> not <laughs> for, when I was, for a little while. Not yeah, when not when there. I was there. No, no, no. because the, the city cracked down on it. Yeah. But they had a bar cat for a little while. Um but let, don't don't let me get started on the health department because <laughs> they're like, no, instead of a cat, you need poison. Yeah, um, yeah, so. it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> and then yes, yeah, so and then I went, yeah, and, and then after- and Charlene's, you said was your favorite job. <laughs> <laughs> I, I loved you know working at Charlene's was it was fun, it was funny going because you were always. I closed. Well, no, when I worked with Shu, so I worked with you, uh-huh. and I would close. But when I worked with Shuhei, we would alternate. Uh-huh. But it was like, it was kind of back to that, like, because uh, sample I got out early. I think I got out at like Yeah, this was a 4 a.m. Now it was like a and 4 a.m. and cleaned. Yes. Charlene and you were my is the partner cleanest on- bar in the world. <laughs> <laughs> you were my partner on Friday nights when, like, I was a baby bar owner. Yeah. Like, that was, you were there, like, the first Friday, I think. You started when we opened. Did I? I think you did. I think so. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I think I think Vanessa did me a favor and worked that first Friday, yeah. and then you were the Friday night bartender, and we worked together, and you were like my friend that also worked for me, and I was like, uh, "Am I doing this right? <laughs> Can I?" Uh, I was like, "Yeah, everybody, make sure you clean it. Is this okay if I tell everybody That's to do right. this?" Yeah. And, yeah. I, 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 I dug, no, working in your bar was fun because you had you had good customers. It was a really yeah, cool we bar. Had good cu- great except for box. the ones that would like. Be mad at me and spit on the floor. But well, the end of the night, it was like a lot of bars. Like, like some, you know, it's funny. At Floyd, the end of the night, people were the best. They yes. would keep me there till at five. Yes, your end of the night customers not the best. <laughs> they would like they would they like were, they, yeah. were the, they were they were the customers left over from the old bar. Yeah, like like <laughs> we'd be like I'm I'm closing in five minutes. Like the kind that you had mm-hmm. to like turn up every light, turn yes. off the music, and they'd yes. still be sitting there and look at you. Can I get another drink? Like what are you fucking? You, what are you? <laughs> like, it's like a library no, in here. It's ten right a.m. Yeah. Like, get out. What are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> but otherwise, like yeah, I, I had fun. I don't remember how long I worked for you though. I don't know. I I think. You went back to Henry Street, or well, you went to Brazenhead. Well, I went after after sample closed. I was I took one oh, shift back right. at Henry Street. That's right. I mean, I I bartended on and off in Henry Street for like twenty years. Wow! And they need like they needed you whatever night because I think you worked Friday nights. I don't know if you had another shift because you were at Sample and Charlene's. Yeah. And they needed you whatever night you worked. With I don't me. remember. I don't remember. And how then I never got over it. Well, <laughs> this is this is this is really an this intervention. Is, this is an to intervention. <laughs> come 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 back to Charlene. <laughs> we're 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 a hot dog stand now, but you know. But yeah, and then I, yeah, I ended up back at Henry Street, 
And then I bartended there on and off. And all that, all that time I was also booking shows. I started mm -hmm. my own production company. So I was booking shows all over the city. And I was holding down Henry Street at the same time. And then I ended up at Hank's. That was not mm -hmm. bartending, I was booking. Mm -hmm. And I did both Hank's. Um, and I want to hear more about Hank's yeah. because Hank's is a lot. Yeah. Um, I ha Well, I mean, Hank's has been there for such a long time. It's such an iconic bar. And then it like closed and reopened and it was, it was closing. Like Hank's was about to close for like 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. like, this is the last we're going to see of Hank's for 10 years. Yeah. And then in the original location. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And well, then, that was, I, I came, I think by the time I started booking shows there, um, it was after the last false alarm of, uh -huh. of not even a fall. I mean, I mean, it literally like, I can't really, I don't really know the background and the old one of all the back and forth that happened with the, with the landlord and why yeah. it was almost going to close. I but. had this fantasy about Hanks. Do you remember that episode of Bugs Bunny where like, they want to get rid of his rabbit hole to build a highway and then like, I don't know, like hilarity ensues and then they end up like building the highway around his hole and there's just like this long like tower of rabbit hole and the highway like kind of <laughs> makes a curve around it. I had this image of like this luxury building going up on stilts around Hanks. <laughs> I was like, that's what's going to happen. That's yeah. totally what's going to happen. That, yeah. But it didn't. Well, I mean, listen, our mayor would love to do stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, he didn't he want to put luxury towers in the uh, in the lots of housing projects, like the right. one piece of nice like little property that they have. A oh, like park. the park. Yeah, he wanted to take it and put a luxury house. It's like, uh, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we could say fuck you to the mayor all episode long. Okay, I could say uh, fuck you, Cuomo. <laughs> fuck you, De Blasio. We could, um, we could spend hours yeah. saying fuck you to them, and yeah. I would never get tired of it. Yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, well, I'll say one interesting thing with Hanks. So I only ever was behind, in the, in the original Hanks, I only ever was behind the bar once mm -hmm. during one of my shows that I booked because it was so busy and I helped mm -hmm. out the bartender. So I never bartended there. But, um, but I was there, you know, I pretty much lived there. The most loyal people. Like, yeah. when, pe when you say, like, when you hear people say, oh, I love that place, like, they really, I mean, it was, it was just like nothing else. You know? mm -hmm. Hanks was like nothing, the original, both, but... Second location was kind of different, but uh, there was a love. I never for made it to the second location. I, I don't. So yeah. Uh, well, we didn't last long. Yeah. <laughs> sadly. Yeah. We got the rug pulled out from us, but uh, um, but yeah, like the love there, like the the customers, and you had you know a lot of you had, it was great because you had like the daytime morning customers because mm -hmm. I think at one point Hanks opened at eight in the morning. Yes. You know. I had a friend slash roommate, Stuart, you have to take my phone because you ordered pizza or something and my phone is attached to the account and we missed a phone call. So anyway, people need to hear that stuff. Um, we missed International Pizza Day. Ah. Uh, it was yesterday. That's right. So, yeah. Um, I had a, a roommate that, and I, I had Ashley Atkinson on here, so uh, I told I love her the story. Ashley. Yes, I love, love her. her too. Love you, um, Ashley. <laughs> And so I was telling her I had a roommate, and now everyone's hearing this again, that used to drink at Hank's at 8 in the morning when he got off work. Um, but I, I never went out at 8 in the morning to drink. I, I love Hank's. I went to Didn't like, I drink once shows. at Jackie's Fifth Amendment with you in the, oh, morning, yes. in the morning, though? Yes. I don't know why we were drinking. You, me, and Vanessa. Yes. We were drinking little tiny high lifes. And little shot glasses with shot, stem shot yes. glasses. At like, like in the, it might have been the, the Fifth Avenue Street Fair It or might have been, but it was like... Early. Yeah, it was really early. Yes, I, I do that remember that. Too. Yeah, 
so many uh, old bars. I feel like the ones that held on this long are like having a little trouble getting through this yeah. this last little piece. Yeah, it's it's rough, but uh, yeah, yeah. So Hanks Hanks was uh, like the best regulars, like you had the mm-hmm. daytime people, yes. and you had the people you know who came after work, and then the people that came for the rock and roll, you know, yeah. for the shows. Um, it was it was awesome, and then yeah, and then we moved, and. Uh, Everyone was really skeptical, but the new spot was, I mean, it was different, yeah. but it was great. You I know? heard really good things about it. I mean, for I, me as a booker, like the sound system was incredible. Mm-hmm. I was able to do really good shows in a really great sounding room. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, we didn't, we didn't last. It didn't, it was a bad deal. Yeah, we were just, you know, there was too many, I mean, I can't really speak on all that stuff, but, mm-hmm. you know, tied in with other people and, you know, it wasn't 100% Hank's own space, mm-hmm. so... Um, it was a bummer, you know. Do you think you'll get back into that when the world goes back to, uh, I don't know, whatever? Booking shows? Yeah. I, yeah, I would hope so. I mean, that's yeah. like, after after the last Hanks closed, that's what I was doing mm-hmm. 100% was booking shows. at booking at a bunch of different rooms in the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of shows at the Gutter, which, ah, was a group, which I loved. A great little room in the back. That, mm-hmm. um, and then I did shows at, uh, yeah, a lot of different spots. But, um, yeah, I got Come March, that was all. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what's going to happen with with venues, with small venues, like how they can yeah, survive. I have because, no idea. You know, I mean, this has to end for them to come back, right? Because they're based on packing yeah, a crowd I mean, into I feel a tiny like, room. I feel like there's got to be new venues pop up. I hope you know places will yeah. decide to do it. It's just it's it's tough, you know, having run a venue and knowing all the expenses. And I wonder if people are going to be trepidatious now that we found out that like there can be a pandemic and you can just like not be able to run your business for a year. Yeah. Well, and I think I mean, also get the idea of people going to shows again. Yeah, like you do, yeah. How quick are people going to want to stand? Like, you know, it's one thing with opening up a stadium, Cuomo, fuck you again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which, you know, it makes, it's at least, you know, it's more spaced and it's huge and whatever. Yeah. I mean, I still wouldn't necessarily do that myself. People, how quick are people going to want to go into a small room for a rock and roll yeah, show? A I big because my shows were like you know sweaty up close tight yeah, shows. Yeah, um, I don't know how quick people are going to want to go to that as much yeah. as they crave live music. I mean, I mean, if you like gave me a karaoke mic behind a like some plexiglass, I would totally do that. Like I miss karaoke so much. Yeah, <laughs> and I feel like that's going to be the last thing. Like here's a mic somebody else spit into. Yeah, now well, put that up to your face. Yeah. So that. By the way, did you be, clean these mics? Um, <laughs> did I clean these? Stuart says no. I did not clean these Uh-oh. mics. Uh oh. I'm getting um, a rapid test. But COVID doesn't last more than seven days, right? On a microphone. Don't lick it. I'm not going to lick it. Don't I don't lick, lick microphones. I mean, um, having booked shows long enough, I know never. Don't put your mouth on the mic. Yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> good. Yeah, don't put your mouth on our mics. No, um, no. I did something really bad today. Should I? I should probably not tell people, but whatever. I did it. It was bad. Um, I got a manicure. My my staff actually chipped in and got Stuart and I mani pedis for being awesome bosses. It's <laughs> nice. And um, so we finally went and got them. They gave this to us like around Christmas time, and we finally went to use them. And then I got one of those chair massages and somebody was in the chair, you know, one of those like weird things that they have at the airport. Somebody was in the chair before me. She got up and left. They have like a spray. It's like this neon thing and like alcohol comes out of it and it, it like sanitizes everything. So they sprayed it. And then 
Um, you know, she had her face, whoever was there before me had her face on like a paper towel. And then another thing, they took away her paper towel. They sprayed it with antiseptic spray. They put another paper towel. She had a mask. I had a mask. But still, like I put my face in the thing. And as I was doing it, I was like, I really should just be like, no, forget it. I don't want to do it. Yeah. But I did it. And, well, uh, it's kind of like sitting on a toilet seat. I always sit on a toilet seat. <laughs> I mean, I am, I'm, well, I guess a lot of people don't. But I am actually um, the poster person. I don't know, the campaigning <laughs> for, for sitting, for sitting on, on seats. I feel like, and, and I feel like I need to impart this to anybody that will listen. Women, if we all just sit on the seat, there won't be any pee on it. Yeah. If we all, if everyone, if we just all make a gentlewoman's agreement to sit on the seat. There won't be pee on the seat, and then it's fine. You're not going to get a disease from someone else's butt that touched the seat. Or their pee. And then, or their pee. Yeah. So I generally will wipe the seat and then sit on it because otherwise I'm going to pee on it. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I do. God. You look like you want another drink. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey bartender. Hey, hey Stewart. Hey, barkeep. <laughs> Can I have another... Uh... Um, yeah, that, well, God, that makes me think I, that's, I do not miss, that's something I do not miss bartending is dealing with bathroom adventures and oh, yeah. destruction. And, and I mean, yes. I have a litany of stories from, of, what's uh, your worst bathroom story, Lee? So at magnetic field, this at magnetic field, we had, we had a, a party. It was like a pre Halloween party for uh-huh. some stupid, thank you. For some reason, everyone in costume or whatever. And, I remember there was like this 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 guy flirting with a girl, whatever. Mm-hmm. At the end of the night, we had a DJ, and at the end of the night, it was closing up. Everyone was gone. I guess the costume part doesn't really factor into the story, mm-hmm. but well, maybe a little bit. So I'm closing up, and every, the bar's closed. I'm cleaning up and getting ready to close, and all of a sudden, these two people come out of the bathroom. They'd obviously been banging in the bathroom. Uh-huh. And they, they start walking by. And so I smile, I'm like, oh, whatever. They got over. They had sex in the bathroom. No big deal. But the way they were walking just, like, put my spider sense off. Mm-hmm. So I went over to the bathroom quickly, and I opened the door, and the sink was completely ripped out of the wall, and there was just water spurting. So I turned around and I yelled, hey. They started running. Wow. I chased them, leaving the bar open. I chased them down Atlantic Avenue. So they were in costume. That's why mm-hmm. the costumes was funny. So I'm chasing them down Atlantic Avenue. And the piece of shit guy uh-huh. cut in front of the girl and did like the speed up and ditched her. <gasps> so I caught her, not him. Oh no. Like he had so sex he was with her like, in the bathroom. I don't have to outrun this bear. I just have to outrun you. He, like, he just got he just got away <laughs> and he ditched her. Wow. It was pretty much the, so I caught her and I grabbed her. And it was uh-huh. also it's a woman, so I don't really want to grab her. Like I grabbed uh-huh. like her shirt, like, you know. And, like, she started screaming, so a car pulled over, because it's, like, you see in the it middle of the night. It looks like you're... So I yelled, I was like, I own the bar right over there. This, this woman just fucked in my bathroom. Like, I screamed something really embarrassing, you know. <laughs> this woman just fucked in my bathroom. Fucked in my bathroom, destroyed it. my bathroom. So I'm like, you need to come back. And she's, like, screaming, like, come back with me, or I'm going to call the police. Mm-hmm. But then I felt really bad, because, like, I'm like, God, this guy is a piece of shit. Yeah. Her. And long story short, like, I brought her back, and she was crying. And oh, my God. So I started feeling really bad, because I was like, God, this girl just, like... Had mm. terrible sex with you know they were like young they were like like twenty two oh, in the bathroom man. and got ditched so I felt really bad for her and I was like I made her promise because I, I totally scared her when he got in the bar I was like that's gonna cost ten thousand dollars to fix <laughs> and it cost like three hundred yeah. you know so she was crying so I made her give me her ID I'm such a sap I ended up paying for her car service home because I felt bad because <laughs> I was like this poor girl you know oh, so I paid no. for her car service back home 
And the next day I got her on the phone because I had her Brooklyn Law ID. Oh, mm-hmm. she was Brooklyn Law too, by the way. Of course. I and still have, so was he probably. I still have her ID. I could call her out one day. But So I call <laughs> her the next day and she starts pulling this law thing. Well, is it really our responsibility or is it the bar? And I was like, are is you trying to pull law? Like, she started trying to talk you. like a little junior lawyer on me. And I was like, I paid for your fucking car home. Anyway, long story short, I never got the money for it of and whatever. And she like destroyed. Oh, but the worst was the next day, my porter, who's the best dude in the world, he I'm there early and he comes out and he's like, oh, and he comes on, there's the used condom on the floor still. He, oh. So at least they had safe sex. At least, but they could have thrown that in the garbage <laughs> and, and just it, leave it on and the it, floor. And he also could have like not ditched her. Yeah. <laughs> so shitty. Yeah. So that was probably one of the worst bar bathroom scenarios. It was pretty bad. When we were putting the sinks in minis, we were like, nobody can fuck on these sinks. They're not sturdy enough. And we like put rules up that was like, please nobody fuck on our sinks. And then we're like, now we give them the idea. Yeah, that's like asking for (laughs) it. That's totally asking for it. I know, but just don't. Just don't. They're not, sinks, another public service announcement, sinks are not, bar sinks are not sturdy enough to fuck on. No. Think of something else. <laughs> no, although that'd be a good business to like re- reinforce bar sinks. That would that, be a good business. Because you know, pe- people do it. Yeah. Side hustle. Not during COVID though. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I would hope not. I wonder, I wonder how that's going to go. I wonder how long it's going to be before like, that's how we'll know that things are back. Like it's one thing when people can sit at the bar and order a drink face to face to the bartender. The first time you catch someone fucking in the bathroom, then you know the shit's over. <laughs> That's how you're going to know. That's true. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Young people are probably, like, they're probably going over to Hoboken or out on Long Island where they could drink and they're having sex in the bathroom. You think? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, come on. Someone like 22, 23 years old? Yeah, they're going to live forever. They're they definitely, care. they don't care. You know? They're definitely oh, making out bars with random Luckily, people. Luckily, nobody 22 is going to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> or if you are, please don't do it. Don't please, do it. Please take care of yourself. <laughs> God, I feel like an old man lecturing. I, you, I am you an got, old man. I know. You're, you show me your AARP card. Yeah, just turned 50. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> I don't know if that's... I don't know that I'm going to make it. You made it to 50. I know. You I didn't did. think you were going to. No, I didn't think I was going to make it until like 25. Yeah. yeah. I remember when I turned 30 and I was like, I have no plan for this. Yeah. And then 40. 50 is a weird one, and especially turning it in the middle of the pandemic yeah. is, like, like, very weird. Yeah, know? I guess by now we will, I guess we will all have a birthday during the pandemic. Yeah. Because yeah. it's almost a year. Yeah. Oh. So they're all milestones Damn, then. I know, because I thought, like, my birthday was during the strict lockdown, and then we did a, like, half birthday party at a friend's house where we could at least like be with some friends. Um, cause for my birthday we were like, let's walk through the cemetery and buy a cupcake and then <laughs> walk back. Cause that was like all there was to do. Yeah. Um, I, I, I feel like we must mention that your wife introduced me to my husband. Oh yes. This is I feel true. like we have to, That's we can't just not mention that. That's it's true. Like and, and actually, and my, and my wife worked at Brazenhead. Yes. So there's all, the did you meet her at Brazenhead? Yeah, well, I met her when I had magnetic field, mm. but we were we were friends for many years before we even dated. Ah. So, but she she bartended Brazenhead, and I had magnetic field, and I, I and I think that's how we first met. Yeah, yeah, because I remember that I first started dating Stuart, and I was really happy because he was like not part of the group, like the crew, the bar crew. Yeah, he was an outsider. Um, but you knew him and I was like, wait, 
what is happening? I thought I found someone from like outside, but you had the like inside scoop. Yeah. Um, so that's hilarious. So <laughs> that's hilarious. So I have a, a segment on oh. this podcast okay. where I ask people to write in and tell me stories about their week. And that is to mimic the experience of people coming into the bar and telling me like, oh my God, you won't believe the fucking day I've had. Um, but nobody's been doing it. Because <laughs> their day is just know. this, it's Groundhog's Day. nothing is happening. Oh, I nothing got up and I watched happening. New York one at so 8.02 or 8.07. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know what the worst thing about New York one is right now? If it snows, that is the only story. I the still love it. The only story all day long is... Snow. It snowed. Did it snow? It snowed. Let's see who's digging out the snow. Let's talk to this guy who's digging out snow. Shout out to Roger so, Clark, though. That's my uh, boy. You Do you know that Roger Clark told me that you guys had a baby? Because he, he announced it on the on New York he One? He did. So I, was, I, I watch New York One every day, and I love Roger Clark, and I know that you know him. And I had New York One on in the living room, and I went into the bathroom to pee, and I had the door open, and Roger Clark announced that you had a baby, and I was like, son of a bitch, I got to hear it from fucking Roger Clark that my two friends had a fucking baby. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I, I, Roger Clark, how dare you? I never even got to see that or hear that, but uh, actually, Roger I know because he, was, he used to come to Magnetic Field because okay. he's, a, he's a rock and roller, so he would come to our Man. shows. Is I might there a better job than his job? I mean, like, he's, he's a great dude. I mean, he does have to wake up at like five in the morning. Okay, that's true. But he's like, today I'm sledding and I'm yeah. going to talk about sledding. Now I'm like riding a roller coaster. Yeah. Today I'm eating delicious food. He, do, he does do like amazing his stuff. job. And he so, really is the best guy. He, he is that, the same person you see on TV is how he is. He's a great, great, great human. So no one, no one gave you what happened today? Nobody, nobody did, but I have, a, I have a backup plan. Okay. Um, when nobody sends me a story, I read a Reddit, am I the asshole? Okay. As if they sent me this story. Okay. So I, I picked a few different ones and I didn't read them all through. So like, we'll learn it together. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. And I'm going to read it as if they emailed it to me. Okay. So. Yeah. Let's steal it. <laughs> Dear Charlene. <laughs> Am I the asshole for refusing to move down from my spot at the bar? Oh, I picked bar-related ones. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, I'm sitting at a near-empty bar, enjoying my meal. I had my entire setup of chips, salsa, guacamole, a drink, and some tacos. <laughs> I, I've only read one sentence, and I'm already judging this person. Uh, me too. I already don't like them. <laughs> I'm minding my own business, eating and reading on my phone when a group of five guys walk in. One of them approaches me and says, hey man, would you mind moving down? <laughs> we have an extra guy and need some more room. I politely tell them no. <laughs> wow. <laughs> because I have this full spread and I'm just enjoying my food and really don't want to stop to move all this stuff down. Um, so wait, the question is, are you the asshole? Yes. I can answer that. A hundred percent. Me too. Wow. What's um, that person's name? Do they put their they name? They don't put their name. Oh, we can't no. shame them? No, they're, they already, they, they, they clearly tell a story on Reddit because they think they're not the asshole. Yeah. But then like Reddit's like, you kind of are. Wow. 
<laughs> I mean, if someone politely asks you to move, right? And they've got a group. It's the big deal. What's the big deal? And if they're, if they're whining about it because they're reading their phone, they shouldn't be reading their phone at the bar anyway. Why did you leave your house? Yeah. Order takeout. Yeah. yeah. Sit yeah. on your couch. Put your guacamole wherever you want. Um, let's see. What happened next? I politely tell him no because I have this full spread and I'm just enjoying my food and really don't stop to move all this stuff down. So the guy proceeds to throw a tantrum with his ignorant buddies essentially making me feel uncomfortable because I refuse to interrupt my dinner and accommodate his request. Mind you, they have a party of six in a restaurant full of large tables that could easily accommodate his large party. Yet here they are harassing me when, when I was here well before them, just having a meal quietly. <laughs> a bit later, I finished up and was walking out when one of them... I want to say punched me in the face, but that didn't happen. Yelled, thanks for leaving. Am I the only one who thinks it's rude to approach someone in the middle of their meal to ask such a thing? They're, or was I just being an asshole? You're sitting at a bar. That's not sitting at a table. So we concur. He's an asshole. Yeah, he's an asshole. <laughs> Number and, one. And he, and he should get smacked in the mouth. He should get smacked. Yeah. I say bring back the punch in the mouth. Yeah. I feel like not enough people are worried they're going to be punched well, in the mouth I mean, that's the, in any situation. That's when New York changed was like when people yes. behaved when well, you could tell stopped that they being afraid that they were getting Well, you could tell it's people have never been hit. Yes. So they have no yes. fear of it. They have no fear of repercussion, so they could just act how the yes. fuck they want to act. <laughs> so yeah. so so ruin ruin bars you are, in New York. Yes. So number one, you are the asshole. Yes. Number first, you're calling nachos dinner, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Well, I've, eat, I've eaten nachos for dinner. You can eat them for dinner, but to be like, I'm just sitting here having my dinner. No, you're no. having fucking nachos at, at a bar. the bar. At a bar, and, and if you're by yourself, you can move over one. You seat. can move over you one. You can slide. It's not I, an inconvenience. And, and I bet the bartender would move your food for you. Of course I bet they you would. wouldn't even have to do it yourself. I used to have to do that at Henry Street all the of time. Of course you did. But that's the entitlement. Like, here's a good, <laughs> a good bar store. I, I, at Henry Street, once, we were slammed. Like, every, mm. so it was a restaurant as well. Every table is full. Every seat at the bar is full. There's mm. one table, like a four top. Uh-huh. And then there's a table open that's like, a two and a half top and mm -hmm. these four guys come in and they're just standing there so I've, I had to deal from over the bar while I'm at a busy bar and I'm like that you guys grab that table right over there the waitress will be right with you uh -huh. and they just stare at me and I go back I'm bartending and then they're still standing there looking at me and I go back, I'm like, guys, you don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't want to sit there. We want to sit over there. And they point at the table that would inconvenience everyone around them and uh -huh. squeeze it. And I'm like, ah, that table's not for, you know, for uh -huh. you guys. You can't fit there. You gotta, you, that's your table. Yeah. They continue to stand there and, and look at me. And then finally they say to me, like, actually, we're just going to go sit over there. And I said, actually, there's a lot of other restaurants you can go to up the block. <laughs> and they looked at me like they'd never been told no in their lives. They're little yeah. spoiled yuppies. You know, they move here. Yeah. And it's like, no, I'm sorry. And then they just stood there and they kind of conferred with each other and then they sat down with their tails between their... But the worst is they probably shitty, gave a shitty bar tip to my waitress Yeah, when I told them. But yeah. it's like, no, you can't get what you want always in life. Yeah, no, you can't. And, and that this guy, whole, the customer is always right thing. Bullshit. In, in my opinion, the customer's always drunk. <laughs> and, um, plus... The bartender had a chance to have five new customers, yeah. and you're like, go sit at a table. Fuck you. Maybe they want to sit at the bar. Maybe they're the bartender's best Just customers. Just like he wanted to sit at the bar, yeah. they want to sit at the bar. He could have sat at one of the tables on his own. Yeah, yeah he's wrong. He's the He's asshole. wrong. We think you're the <laughs> asshole. Um, I think I'm going to try something new, and I'm going to encourage people. You know what? If you guys have stories about 
bathrooms. Ah. If you have a bathroom story, email it to me at I know the owner podcast at Gmail. And I want to hear your bathroom stories. Maybe if I have You should a clarify subject. bar bathroom stories. Yes. <laughs> Bar bathroom. Thank you. Yeah, don't just tell me, like, I had a good poop today because Stuart does that to me every day. And I give him a high five and I rub his tummy and, <laughs> and it all works out. <laughs> There's a lot of good, um, yeah, you're going to get a lot of sex bathroom stories. Okay, I'll take a sex bathroom story. Yeah. A sex bathroom, a puke bathroom, a, like, I sat on the seat and I regret it story. Like, a caution telling me not to sit on the seat. Anything like that. If you're like, Charlene, please stop sitting on seats in bars. I mean, there are certain bars where I won't sit on the seat, but I feel like they're like, I never would you sat on. Would you sit on the seat at Jackie's Fifth? No. Or <laughs> Hank's. <laughs> <laughs> the or, new Hank's you could have. Yes. I was, I was very excited to learn. In the old Hank's, I would basically just walk into the bathroom, lock the door, and then just pee on the floor because I wouldn't even go all the way to the toilet because it was just too dirty. I would just pee right there on the floor. I, I, re- then, do, I remember, do you know that bar, uh, Dave's Tavern in, in the city? No. It's, uh, it's the same family... And Dave might have passed away, if so, rest in peace, because I, I, he was a good... The same people that own O'Keefe's, mm-hmm. McSwiggins, okay. a whole slew of bars. But Dave's is like a proper old-school dive in Hell's mm-hmm. Kitchen, like behind uh, Port Authority. Oh. Great, great spot. Um, the spot, the kind of spot that always needed a bouncer but didn't have one. Mm-hmm. Really tough bar, even a couple of years ago. But I remember going in there and, like, you go to the bathroom, you'd literally have to, like, navigate putting your feet in certain areas because of the pool of urine on the floor. Yes. You know, like that kind of. You have of. to like make, like if you pull, because if you're a woman, you have to pull your pants all the way down, but then you have to hold the bottom of them oh, this, to yeah. make sure they don't touch the, the Oh yeah, I didn't even think the about wet that. On the floor. That's even worse. Yeah, that's what, you, that's what a, little, a little tip for you. If you're in a gross restroom, make sure you hold the bottom of your pants. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. But Dave's, if it's still there, which I hope, I, I do recommend it for a proper old school dive. I know the bathroom is not... A real selling point, but it's, <laughs> it's like a great, great, real, dirty old New York dive. Tough. That sounds yeah, awesome. that's great. What, um, so your COVID life, how's that, how's that gone? I know Hank's closed before, I guess it's kind of a blessing that they closed before this Yeah, happened. Hank's closed considerably before, but yeah, it was tough because I was, my shows were really getting really good. Mm-hmm. I had just done, the last show I did before the shutdown was at, uh, at a church in, in Park Slope, uh, I did a big, I promoted a big Johnny Cash concert, uh-huh. with literally, which is crazy because it was like a, like we had just heard rumors of the co- of COVID at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually someone there, a, a good friend of mine, uh, ended up getting it. Um, and then I had booked one other show before that in the city at Berlin, and I had mm-hmm. like a ton of shows lined up. Like I was doing a lot of shows, and I was really excited because it was really taking off. Yeah. My company's called Dead Flowers Productions. And I had a lot of great shows lined up. Um, I had some great shows at the gutter lineup, one of which I had already had to cancel when Hank's closed. And I rebooked it for the gutter, oh, and then I had to cancel no. it again. This great band, Dub is a Weapon. They do, like, live reggae dub. Uh-huh. Um, a killer band. Um, so it was a real, like, rug pulling Ouch. out. Like, the last couple of years, like, Hank's closing was, like, pulling a rug out from under me. But then I jumped back and was just, you know, uh, doing a lot of shows and DJing. I DJ. Um, I had a monthly party at this great bar, Banter, which I highly recommend because they are open with outdoor seating uh, mm-hmm. in Williamsburg. Great bar, great people. Um, so all that got pulled out from under me. 
Uh-huh. And, you know, so, it, yeah. the, so it's, been, uh, it's been a bit of a struggle, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, it took me a while to, like, you know, throw myself into things. And it's great. I'm throwing myself into things that are good for my head. But, you know, financially, I mean, I've got a baby. Yes, you have a <laughs> new a, baby. I have a new baby. I have an 18-month-year-old and uh, an 18-month-old, and, and I've been unemployed for the first time in my life. I've mm. never been unemployed since I was, like, 17 years old, yeah. 16 years old, something like that, you know, for a stretch. Um, so it's been hard, you know. Yeah. You know, luckily my wife has a job because um, mm-hmm. otherwise it would be – I've been writing a lot. I've been reading a lot. Okay. I've been working on a memoir. Well, I don't know if I'd call Ooh. it a memoir, but but I've been working on like a... I'm a, looking forward to that. Yeah, I've been working on... I, I hate the term memoir. It just sounds really goofy, but mm-hmm. I've been working on like uh, a lot of stories from my youth that I'm tying together. So it's All called right. A, a, so you're, a Lee you're Grows in Brooklyn. A Lee Grows in... That's um, what your birthday is called. Yes, indeed. Yes. Yes. Um, so you haven't been wasting your COVID time. No, I mean, I definitely had t- a period, a stretch where I definitely did. Yeah. And I was, yeah. but I mean, I have a baby that I'm taking care of. So I'm having, no matter what, I'm having a great day hanging out with her and, and reading with her and teaching her. And that's great that you actually get her. to spend time Yeah, I mean, I'm her caretaker. Because you wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah. Right? You would have been out working all yeah. night. So, all right. So we got some plus sides. But yeah, it would sides. be nice to like make some money. Yes. But buy a shirt. Hey, if you're listening and you want a really great Brooklyn that's, shirt. That's what Brooklyn I was, how do, we, how do we buy one of those shirts? So you could do, uh, so it's on Instagram. You could, you know, do, it's at Brooklynese uh-huh. and E-E-Z-E. Or uh-huh. there's www.brooklynese.com or deadflowers.com, which is my okay. company. You could find me there. Cool. And, uh, you know, buy a shirt. I have other stuff on my Dead Flowers site, like that I'm selling, like other band shirts that I work with and, I do political stuff with Save NYC, which is fighting for small business. So I've got some shirts from them. You could cop. I would like to, when this, when this ends, I would like to take a tour with you of places. You know how you look on Facebook and you find out that your favorite places are about to close? Yeah. I would like, I was actually going to email you about this, but we'll just do this live. Um, I would like to compile a list of places that, we would be devastated if they would close and then organize a little trip to visit them yeah. before, before they close. I like that. But you know, you know what's funny? That brings up funny, something funny, just jumping in on that. <laughs> I love that idea and yes, mm-hmm. and should do that. But I always notice like when Magnetic Field, when we were closing, mm-hmm. we did okay, but we struggled. You know, we were on Atlantic yeah. before everything. We were mm-hmm. far away from everything. But then once it was announced that we're closing, we're packed every night. Where have you been? So... That's what I call closure tourists. Yes. And they suck because it's like, where the fuck were you? Yeah. You know, these are the people like, oh, wow, that place is great. And it's like, no, you never came. Like, go to these places while they exist. Go to these great, you know, legendary bars. Like, like Jimmy's Corner, bless that place. Yes. They've always had their little thing, but there's so many other great places. Yes. That when people, when they close, people cry about, but it's like, you weren't really going and helping them. Like, I know you, there's only so much you could spread yourself out, Mm -hmm. but like, try, like, don't just go to your same places, check out other spots, travel. I mean, I have places in Queens. I love, I have places, you know, in all over Brooklyn, you know, like, like little, little, little holes in the wall, little little great spots that have like a, a piece of old New York and culture and like, you know, like, like, Variety. They're not yes. just the same thing. Yes. Know? I mean, don't forsake your your local always. No. 
but you, not but you, but you gotta, you gotta check out other places and yeah. travel and like. If you read about a place that sounds really cool, don't wait till they're closing. Like, make make that in your book. Put that in your book. Like, oh, I'm gonna go see that. Yeah, that joint, you know. We're gonna it's, it's we're important. gonna organize a little trip. I love it. A little trip. I love it. We, maybe uh, that. I mean, I was joking to someone. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe to Liz that I that after all this, I was thinking about like doing Brooklynese tours, be a yeah. tour guide. You know, like I have a tour guide license. Lee. I think I need to get that. You Do you get, really? Yeah. yeah. I used to work on the double decker buses, oh, and I right. never I let my that. I, I never that. let my license um, expire. I keep renewing it. But there's this cool like literary book tour in Brooklyn that used mm-hmm. to come to one of the bars I worked at. I can't remember where. But I was like, I could do my own like Brooklynese. You like, totally could. You know, like, like, or at least like pick a little spot each week. Yeah, and go and like, hang give out. Them a little extra, and give and do it with small businesses, or you're yeah. giving them money, like you're supporting them. Like, yeah, pick a spot, do it there, drop your coin. There. This is where the magic happens, guys. Yes. You heard it here. We're, <laughs> we're making stuff happen. That's right. That's <laughs> this right. is this is bar talk. This is drunk people coming up with stuff they want to do, and hopefully, when they sober up, they remember. Well, I've only had two. Well, I know, but these are these are COVID. T- I had one, but I know I've, been, I've barely been drinking. So I've one been, and a half makers will give me a little kick. Yes. Um. So I'm going to promote my shit. Um. So if you would like to support, um, Hinterlands and this podcast, you can send us a tip, um, on Venmo at Hinterlands Bar. Um, you can send Minis a tip on Venmo at, um. Shit, I never remember that. Mini, Stuart, do you remember Minnie's? Minnie's underscore bar. Minnie's underscore bar. <laughs> I'm the worst. Um, you can also email us at hinterlandsbarmerch at gmail if you want to buy T-shirts. Um, Hinterlands and Minnie's will be open seven days a week when indoor dining starts. Uh, what's that, Friday? It's not Valentine's Day anymore. It's, it's Friday. Friday. Is that the 12th? Yes. 12th, yeah. Friday, February 12th, we got indoor dining. Everything's going to be open um, till 10, seven days a week. We got all kinds of awesome food and booze and outdoor space and indoor space now. And um, anything you want? Anything else you want to promote, Lee? Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, when shows start up again, yeah. Dead Flowers Productions, but... In the meantime, check out what I'm doing. Support local businesses. Support don't all let your them, local don't businesses. Let them, don't let them fail. Go to your locals. Shop in the bodega. Shop in your delis. Screw tip the chains. Tip your servers. Tip your servers. Extra. Do your extra. own pickup if you can. Don't use Grubhub if they have their own yeah. website. And tip, use their own website. Tip delivery people big, man, because they're struggling. Yes. Tip the delivery people and tip the people at the restaurant that are putting your order together. And um, I think I've asked, I've asked enough of you guys today. So... Um, on that note, Lee, thanks for being here. This awesome. is it was, it was great really talking fun. to you. Um, this has been I know the owner. Um, I'm Charlene Wellington, and this is my guest Lee Greenfield. And uh, thanks for thanks for being here. Good night. So we forgot to mention. That Lee has a coffee company, so well, here's a little it, plug. It's, so it's not my coffee company, but it's a company called Oak and Crow, really mm-hmm. great small business in upstate New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and they roast a coffee named after my DJ company, which is Going In Style Sound System. They make a ton of amazing coffee roasts, um, and they've been a real help. 
So order their coffee, Oak and Crow, if you Google it. I don't know their website offhand, but it should be pretty easy to find. Or if you go to Linktree, uh, Mr. Lee 718, which is me, you'll you see all the links of all my stuff. Okay. Um, but yeah, please order that coffee because it's great, and I get I some dough. And it. they also support a lot of artists. They do coffee for Murphy's Law, a great band, friends okay. of mine. They do coffee for uh, a couple other DJs, a couple other bands. Um, so yeah, please support. And it helps What's me. What's it called again? Oak and Crow Coffee. Oak and Crow Coffee. Yes. All right. We'll throw that in.